0: Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Friday, September 24th. In this episode, a rock and a hard place meet. The North London Derby predictions between Arsenal and Spurs. A super club clash for the title. Chelsea host Man City and the weirdest rivalry in the league. Brighton versus Palace on Monday. But there is no mic. So I do not have the obligatory... What is going on in the world of Spurs land? So I just have to go through it on my own. And I'm uh, I'm not happy about it, but Mike is uh, planning for his wedding next week. I will be in New York. Uh, how we're going to handle Thursday, I'll be flying. He'll be flying. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll try and do something earlier. Uh, but what we have for this uh, episode of the North London Derby is Spurs coming off two losses, but a win in the uh, Carabao Cup uh on penalties and arsenal on an e3 easy wins in a row one nil versus norwich one nil versus burnley so they are relatively in form um i would say narrative dictates that spurs are probably uh sorry narrative dictates that arsenal are probably in better form they've got more of their players together so we've seen Gabriel and we've seen uh, Ben White, who are good. We uh, we know that Tierney was hurt, but party played on uh, Thursday in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Aubameyang is there. smith rose there. Odegaard looks like a major player, going to really help Arsenal a lot. So there is a lot going on. And then for, for Spurs, the narrative is whether Harry Kane is going to fire, uh, whether he is ready to help lead this team forward. Uh, Roy Keane, who is the famous Manchester United uh, central defender, I mean, uh, um, midfielder and generally competitive asshole Irishman, he's now become very famous on um, Sky Sports for his sort of sing-songy cork accent and his hammering of spurs. And he felt that Harry Kane should have gotten stuck in and and yelled at someone and knocked someone over and really driven his team on in their last uh, loss uh, to Chelsea, which weirdly I thought Spurs had a lot to take out of that. I thought they played well, mostly. Uh, I don't think that they were bad. They had a good half against, you know, what is being pipped as the, for lack of a better word, the best team in the league. So we have Spurs and we have arsenal if they if either of them cannot get up for this game then i don't know what they're supposed to do i'm just going to have a look at who scored uh one of the sites i go to if you guys are ever curious about what sites i use to uh to hunt down information it's usually who scored it's usually fb ref uh, i'll go to those sites when i'm really looking for more in-depth uh, insight into what's going on so they have a nice preview link um They've got predicted lineups uh, for Spurs. I'll just uh, I'll just share this so you guys can have a look really quickly. But in the meantime, we'll sort of get a good look at this um, so that we can sort of see where things are. I'll turn the ad off because we don't need the ad sitting there. But uh, you can see from the full screen here, you know that. Um, The predicted lineups are just give me one second as I struggle through here, try and go full screen here. So you've got Regulon, Dyer, Romero, Royale, Hoiberg, Skip, Ali playing in a deeper role, Hinman's son, and Kane because Celso is in because Moore is hurt. And then Arsenal have their players there. I would rather they did not play Shaka, but this group of Tomasu, White, uh, Margulies, Ramsdale's made a difference, very vocal. Very much in control of the team's defense. I really liked seeing that from him. Um, prediction wise, they see this game as a um, as a draw most likely. Uh, Arsenal have made it two wins from their last three. Tottenham fell t- two in a row uh, to three 0 but then they were able to pull it back in the um, in the um, Carabao Cup. Predictions here are for. A 2-1 Arsenal win. I I would go for the draw. Uh, a draw seems most likely. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm going to now sort of kick over into the City game. City come into this game with a lot of injuries uh, against Chelsea. So we transition to the actual uh, top of the league clash. We were actually going through the mid-table clash. With Arsenal and Spurs, and now we'll go to the real, the big boy clash. Um, I do not feel good about this game. Um, City did have Foden and um, did have Foden and Kevin De Bruyne back in the um, in the middle of the park during the Carabao Cup tie, um, but I don't like what I'm seeing from the front. Um, The last game without, although City did score six goals uh, in the Carabao Cup against uh, Wickham and the Beast. I did not like what I saw from City without Torres. Seems Torres is actually going to be the striker. City have four players that are, six, four players that are doubtful. Rodri, Zinchenko, Gundogan, Laporte, and Stones. They are in... They are in training, but whether they're able to play, I don't know. Chelsea have just been dominant uh, and have beat City for the last three games they've played against. Uh, Predicted score here is also 2-1. I would not be surprised at that score or 1-0 again. City just having a hard time scoring without that out-and-out striker, but they could get lucky. Uh, City are the worst shooting team in the league. They simply have to take and create the most shots possible to score even one goal. They do not have a natural finisher. I mean, that is what's really paining me about this city team this year is not that they are worse. Not that they aren't a good nail down team for 85 points and a good amount of goals, but last season was not their best season. Last season they did miss Aguero. They just happened to lock down their defense. So they only scored 80 goals or 85 goals where they normally have been scoring 100 goals. And that's where uh, uh, Aguero's goals came in, and they had to really lock down their defense to be able to even win the league. It was Diaz that won them the league and not their normal offense. So I'm concerned for that. Now, Chelsea, on the other hand, are happy not to create, and the way to beat them is to really lock them down and be very, very, very diligent on the break. I just don't know... If Pep has learned that he's got to have real holding midfielders there, so it has to be Fernandinho. Even despite the fact that he had a really bad game last game um, in, in against uh, Southampton, the legs may be getting to him. But he's the only one of City's def- midfielders that is even ready to fight. Maybe Foden and De Bruyne with Fernandinho will be the midfield three with Mares. Torres and Grealish, a very attacking group. But I think that's probably the best grouping, uh, especially if if uh, if it's going to it has to be Walker. Walker has to play because he's our best defender. Diaz, if Ake has to play, that'll be tough. I'd love to see Stones and Laporte. I'd feel a lot better. And then at left back, the continual doom hole that is left back. Uh, we have a rapist, alleged. In Mendy, who's off the team at this point, and Zinchenko, who's hurt. So I don't know who will play. Maybe it'll be one of the kids. I don't know. But City do have a weakness. They'll have to play Cancelo there on his wrong foot if they have to play him at all. So that's where the teams are. Narrative right now, you know, City are still living every time they lose a game. Every time they lose a game where they create lots of chances, but are unable to finish. The story is going to be, you didn't get Kane, you didn't get Kane, you didn't get Kane, you didn't get Kane. And I don't disagree with that. It would have been nice to get Kane. It also would have been nice to have any striker resembling anything. So like I've said before, I would have been happy with Ollie Watkins. I would have been happy with um, uh, Danny Ings. I would have been happy with Cristiano. I don't give a shit who it is. Uh, Torres has been okay. He does make the runs that City needs. But with City, it's it's an amount of luck. It's can the shots that are taken be on goal and be and be converted? So City are going to create shots, but how many are going to be on target and how many are going to be clinical? It's really tough. It uh, looks like Mendy will be back. N'Golo Conte will be back. Uh, it should be interesting to see what happens with, with City and their injuries. But City's so deep. It's not going to be whether Chelsea are better. Uh, remember, Chelsea beat them a couple times in a row. But one of the games, City barely played anybody or it was a weird lineup. And then in a Champions League final, Pep had to go and pep and do something stupid like, you know, change the whole uh, system right now. So uh, it'll be tricky. I'm into it. Uh, I love These games, they are very not in the face. I expect a draw. Uh, City not scoring, maybe Chelsea not scoring. I don't know. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, Lukaku was really put in check in the last game, so I don't expect Diaz. I expect Diaz to be able to handle him. Uh, Whether Ake on his side has any problems, City seem to give up goals whenever Ake plays. I don't think it's that he's a bad defender. I just think that it's the combination of the left side with the left back being weak compared to the right side with Diaz and the right back with Walker. So it seems that Ake is always having problems. He does tend to dive in. He's got a little um, he's got a little Altamendi in him in that he goes to ground too easy. I can't wait for Stone to be back. Stones and Diaz won us the league last season, and I'm hoping to see that return some time soon the biggest part of this thing and the biggest narrative and I should have touched on it right away was that Pep and Tuchel are in now for the fourth in the trilogy in the quadrilogy and Tuchel has won three in a row and this is a, a hoodoo breaking is 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 Chelsea in City's head can is Tuchel going to outcoach Pep again or will will Pep finally figure out this this three five 352 that that Chelsea play and hopefully uh well it says here 3421 uh that's kind of how how Chelsea play uh they do play two banks of 3 and we'll, we'll see what city can do uh but I do worry for city um a little bit uh, I'd like to see a score a goal early calm my nerves and hopefully this thing will move along and we'll have a good league but if Chelsea win they'll be nailed on for favorites Uh, to win the league we'll see what what pep comes up with uh, in this game on to the next cristiano Ronaldo. he's been fantastic uh narrative this week really poor for united had a pretty had a pretty bad week very dramatic first they lose to young boys that we covered last week then they have a good game that's very dramatic against west ham uh, where Mark Noble misses the penalty uh, before for the draw, but there were like three other penalties, P- Cristiano Ronaldo diving all over the place. But in this, and then uh, midweek, they played West Ham again, and West Ham won 1-0. Whether penalties, whatever. Again, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is not a league-winning manager. He simply is not. Manchester United could win the league, but they will lose the league because of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's where I'm going. Uh, This week they play Villa. Uh, Dean Smith is a good manager. Villa is a good team. They have been playing a 3-5-2 with the injuries. They had a great win against Everton to sort of get their credentials in. Uh, But, you know, on paper this is not a on paper this is not a big game for Aston Villa. We'll see if Aston Villa is smart enough to sit deep and try and hit United on the break. We know that United can't break teams down. We know that United don't have a system to break teams down. Uh, Ronaldo has been fantastic. Mings always has a mistake in him. Martinez will be back in goal for Villa. Uh, this is a big game, I think, for United. Uh, I the odds have uh, Villa as a as an underdog, like plus six hundred. I think it's a crazy number. I'm going to look at it right now. But uh, I I like Villa. I mean, I do have a bias against United. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I fucking hate them. Uh, they are good. But they still don't have a way to play. And I feel like they drop points and have problems against teams that you'd expect them to be. Oh, yeah. Look, Villa are a plus 700 underdog. That means it, they. it's like that is a crazy number. Uh, let's just get the fractional. The fractional value here, just so we have a better sense of uh, of what it is. They're seven to one, so every dollar down, you get seven bucks back. That is a massive, massive number. Uh, and I'm I'm considering taking Villa as a really good dog there. Uh, they're just too good. They have a goal scorer in um, in um, in Ings. You'd expect him to at least get off to Schneid. Uh, I just like them. A lot. And then if it's McTominay and Fred, Louise and Ramsey are quite good. Uh, we'll see what happens with Young. And, you know, United carry a, li- a liability player in every direction. So there's a liability on offense in Wambasaka, who doesn't contribute anything. And on defense, Ronaldo is a liability. In some sense, Pogba as well. Um, I think after a loss, United are usually really, really good. Uh, but it just feels like, you know, Villa will have a shot in this game. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. A plus 700 is a massive underdog. And Villa is just like the best money you can spend. Because, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you just don't trust United, especially at home. Uh, they're really good on the road, undefeated in 30. But at home, they find these games to drop. And there's no reason why this game not be the game where they drop points. Uh, This is just very United right now, inconsistently consistent. Uh, I do believe in Ronaldo. I get it. He's amazing. He's been super fun. He makes United very compelling. I hear you, everyone. And they still have, like I said, the best squad in the league. They just simply have a shitty coach who is not up for the challenge of pushing this team to the next level to take them where they want them to go. And these are the really three big games of the day. Uh, we've got, um, I'll put the put the rest of the games to show across the bottom here. United Villa, um, I like a lot as the fun game. Uh, we've got the North London Derby. We've got Chelsea City. Liverpool, go to Brentford in London, which I really love. It, uh, Brentford was near and dear to my heart. I live nearby. Uh, they've been really good. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Liverpool <laughs> Uh, but it could be a fun, fun game to watch. I would recommend jumping in on that. Uh, Brentford are really strong underdog at home at plus at plus six twenty five, which is a big number. So that's six to one. That's fun for a, a flyer there. Uh, I like that one a lot. Villa at seven plus seven hundred. Then there's a couple other shitty games. Watford. Watford, Newcastle, no fun. I'll take the over on uh, Leeds United versus West Ham United. That looks like a bananas game. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I do think a lot about Liverpool lately. They look a strong side, but they still... It's not that they don't have depth. It's still fragile to me. They are such a great 11 are probably a great 14 or 13. They sort of have a good rotation between the 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 midfield does a good job at rotating. But they can't they of the three real challengers and okay, the 4 United is in there as well. Of the 4, they have the least depth. Um and then United have the worst coach. Uh and then Chelsea Chelsea are the favorite, for sure. But uh, I think this week is a good week to sort of see where we are. And really, uh, on a narrative basis, this North London Derby is really going to determine the narrative for these two former so-called top six, even though they're not in the top six, because Brighton is in the top four. Um, I think that a draw suits both Nuno and Arteta. I think that Arteta turns his season around with a win, like massively, because then they're three on the spin. He's got the Spurs game. We said, hey, he needs 12 from five. So after the next game, he can now lose to Brighton because, frankly, Brighton are fucking better than Spurs. It says the table says so. Um, and uh we see where we are from there the last game of the week is the monday nighter which i'm fucking pumped about but before we get into the monday night game we do have to pay the bills with our friends at attitude of gratitude so um part of the chop sports team has been our connection with uh advertising groups and joe from attitude of gratitude consulting has been with chop chop sports since the beginning and we're proud to read his ads out on the show, and um, make him a part of our lives. You know, like Mike said last week, this is a guy who, you know, really is an honest, hardworking guy who's trying to help families save money and control their bills. Especially in this time when, you know, things are getting really expensive, and you really have to pick and choose what you can spend your money on. Uh, especially when it comes to streaming and you've got all these subscriptions and you wanna watch sports and you wanna watch all these things, Joe will really take a look at your finances, make sure to handle it all and uh, at attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com, he will give you the most honest opinion he can. You can schedule a call right on his website. He's right there. He's always a step away. His site's beautiful, easy to use, great calls to action. And you can schedule a phone call right there with him at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. And if you do call Joe, please let him know that the CHOP Sports Network sent you. uh, And uh, we'll go from there. So the rest of the games, uh, we chatted briefly about them. We've got the early game on Saturday, Chelsea-Man United. I will have to get up at 4.30 for that. Then also Man United and Villa at the same time. Again... The stupid Premier League will not televise this game in the UK. Don't fucking ask me about it. I can't fucking handle it anymore. Then we've got Leeds-West Ham, a really good game, a little old school, at Ellen Road, should be a barn burner, take the over. Uh, I'm there on that one. Leicester-Burnley, that's a shit game I'll avoid. Watford-Newcastle, if not for Allen St. Maximan, both these teams can go set themselves on fire. Everton-Norwich, about as nailed on a win as Everton can find. No problem there. We touched on Brentford Liverpool is the last game of the day. Then on Sunday, Southampton Wolves. I didn't even know that game was happening and I don't care. Uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, the North London Derby. This is hundreds of years in the making. Uh, the rivalry comes from the fact that Arsenal were in South London and Woolwich and they moved to North London. So the Tottenham fans always have a little beef going back 200, almost 150 years about, hey, Arsenal, you don't belong here. It's that kind of shit. It's crazy. Uh, I'm sorry, but Arsenal have much, much, much bigger history than Spurs. Sorry. It's true. And then on Monday, Crystal Palace, Brighton, that I want to talk about. This is the M23 Derby. This is uh, two teams that have a rivalry set in violence because the two cities are 37 miles away. Um, Crystal Palace is in Croydon, which is a large town in South London. Now, London is huge. This is the equivalent of saying... um, this is kind of like the Long Beach versus San Clemente derby, if you're from LA or California. So it's sort of one is an industrial southern part of Los Angeles, and the other one is a nice seaside town in the next county over. So Brighton is San Clemente, and uh, Croydon is Long Beach, if you will. But uh, they do have a rivalry. You can take the train, stop by each of them. Uh, my team. Well, not my team. I like both these teams. I love Crystal Palace for the passion of the team, the reflection of its neighborhood. The team is very black English, and they reflect that in their style of play with Zaha, and they've gotten Oloesi, even though he's French, and they're bringing in sort of swag players, like my guy, Connor Gallagher. They're very representative of South London in the melting pot. And then you have Brighton, who are representative of another type of thing that I love, which is this sort of analytical approach. They're run by a gambler, Tony Bloom, who's really turned this team around since he became the chairman in 2011, when they really pushed for promotion under first under Gus Poyet, Then they went up with Chris Hughes. They kept Chris Hughes, who played too defensive. When the opportunity came after Potter left uh, Swansea, Potter completely transformed the way that Brighton played, but not the results. So they went from a Stay in the league between 40 and 45 points playing defensive, Duncan Duncan, Duff and a header to a progressive attacking team of Neil Mope missing chances without Duff, but with White. So they are in the same place, but playing a different way. So it's really fascinating to watch this team go from a heavy defensive unit to a progressive attacking unit, get the same results, but deliver them in a completely different style. And I believe in Potter. I believe in the Brighton project. And uh, I bet on them almost every week because I think there's still value in their play. I think they're still underrated, even though they are now in the top four. Uh, Everything in their underlying numbers said they were a top half team, and now they're showing it. So it's really exciting. And on the other side, Crystal Palace is doing the same thing. Crystal Palace is a team well run under Steve Parrish, I think. They have tried in, I think, three successive attempts to become a more progressive attacking team, but every time they tried, it would go badly. So they tried under um, Frank DeBoer. He lost his first eight in a row. Uh, They brought in Hodgson, Roy Hodgson. Uh, They tried under... ian holloway early on and they had to go to allardyce or pulis to save them so they have tried to be a more progressive team but when relegation threatens them they do revert to form and become a defensive team that are dour and kind of 4-4-2 in a cloud of dust uh football they become more burnley than uh than not burnley and um Essentially, that's what Hodgson had them in a holding pattern in that way of three or four years, same players, lots of older players hanging on. And now they're trying again. They've reloaded. They've let their older players' contracts run down and replaced them with younger replacements. And Patrick Vieira, who is known as an Arsenal player, but was trained as a coach for under City, and then did actually coach NYCFC here in the US before going to Nice, where he's mixed success, uh, I'd say. Also an English owner. But uh, I do like what's happening with Crystal Palace. Uh, this To win this game at home against your rival would be a massive win for Palace. I mean, big. Uh, I think Palace probably have the more talented players, but Potter is a much, much, much better coach and Brighton are a much tighter, cohesive unit who've been playing together for a long time. So Palace, we know who's going to play. It's going to be Dunk, Duffy, Basuma, Maupay, uh, Trossard, Lalana stitching things together. We know what they're going to do. They're going to be progressive. They're going to play out from the back. They're going to control the game through the midfield and try and create as many chances as they can because they need as many chances as they can because they don't have really great finishers. The most expensive thing in all of football is a finisher. And that's where Brighton are missing. Whereas Palace have young defense, but they have two finishers in Benteke and Osman Ondard. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I love Gallagher. I'm going to be watching that game on Monday. And probably have money on it uh, just to make sure that uh, we go through it. Uh, I left the attitude of gratitude thing there. So uh, that sort of takes us into my best bets. It's clear that having Mike on the show gives the show an extra 20 minutes of legs. But uh, I will go through my bets. So last week, I won both my bets. But it was even bigger than that because one of my bets was a three-team parlay. I took Villa, um, Arsenal against Burnley and uh, Brighton to win uh, and it was an amazing uh, event and now I'm gone a little bit crazier my favorite bet I'm really feel strong about a Chelsea City draw plus 225 and Leeds over over Leeds West Ham over one and a half goals I just can't see uh, Leeds and West Ham not playing a fucking barn burner uh, because the crowd will whip the team up and Leeds will have Time and West Ham will be coming off their midweek games, and it should be a, a good game to play, good game to watch. And then my mega parlay uh, will take Everton money line easy win against uh, Norwich at home, leads over one and a half. So that same bet, or bringing it into this, a draw in the North London derby. So I'm hoping I'm betting on Arsenal to sputter and these teams to sort of hang on and tight. And I'm taking a, I'm mixing it up. I want a city win and a palace draw at plus 960. So for 10 bucks, I win not, is it nine? That can't be right. Let me, let me see. Did I put it in yet? I don't remember. Let me see. Did I? uh, Let me see my bet. Got to check my, got to check my betting here. See where I am. I'm pretty sure I put this bet down already, but if I didn't, I have to check. Uh, let me just make sure I just have to check on something really quickly. Oh it was it another screen um, Oh, I have to log in so I'm just logging in. Yeah, I just got a a big sort of number out there that i I did not I did not I did not place the bet. okay. Oh no, the bet I have placed is Villa plus seven hundred. Chelsea draw and leads plus one and a half. So I I have actually changed my bet. I actually have that Villa plus 700 against United, uh, but I have not put the parlay down yet. I will, but it is plus 900. So that those are my best bets. And I'm looking forward to it again. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm only putting $10 down. It's a whole lot of fun to sort of put bets down on these games. I will edit this on the fly just to make sure that I've got this extra bet in here. So I do have uh, Villa plus 700 money line against against United. So I have four bets. Um, got four bets. It's City to draw with Chelsea as a single bet. That's my favorite. Uh, Leeds... West Ham plus one and a half Villa plus 700 against United away. It's probably dangerous. And then this crazy parlay Everton money line Leeds plus one and a half Arsenal draw Man City money line win and Palace Brighton draw. So we'll see how it goes uh, by the end of Monday. I'll probably might know right away. Like if 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 City win, if City, if City draw, I, I win my 225 and then uh, I won't. I lose a parlay on 10 bucks, but so what? Uh, I won it last time. I'm really enjoying the betting. Uh, it's super fun, uh, and when um, and we expect actually to have a sponsor soon. We're going to hear from the Chop Sports Group uh, about um, MGM Grand, so we're super excited about that uh, within the context of the show. Anyway, I'm going to finish it up. That was. The Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show so we can reach more people who love us as much as we love them. And there's a lot of loving going on. So enjoy that. I did not do any German jokes. I guess no Mike, no Germans.